Hi guys, this is Larissa. And this is Sasha. And we are not a paranormal chicks, but you are listening to Sinister Sightings with Donna and Carrie. So gather round and prepare to be spooked. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 184. And you just heard Larissa and Sasha. Sisters. Sisters. You don't remember that from White Christmas. I've never seen it. Oh, you're the worst. Oh my gosh. Okay, I thought you were going to say sister, sister. Like, see, that I know. Have y'all seen White Christmas? Yes. (laughs) Well, if you want to be like these sisters and introduce an episode just like they did, head to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, the first one. Hey, ladies. I'm not the best storyteller, but I need to tell y'all this story. So my friend Sydney and I were riding the back roads one night because we live in a small town and on a Saturday night, it's either back roading or, well, that's the only option. But anyway... We were driving down this road that I've never been down before, but all my friends back rode on this one road. So we were just driving and telling stories, I'm sure, and I see up on the left side of the road a cemetery coming up. My friend wasn't paying attention, but I was looking over at the cemetery, and I swear, I saw a lady in a white dress kneeling next to a grave. Now, I've never had a paranormal experience in my life, so I wasn't so sure about what I saw, But she had a weird misty fog around her. She didn't look at us, and she looked really sad. Anyway, I just played it off like my eyes were deceiving me, even though I know what I saw. But a few days later, I went to my husband and said, I saw the weirdest thing the other day while Sid and I were backroading on said road. And before I could say anything, he said, Was it a lady in a white dress? I almost fell over. Now, I know this stereotypical ghost girl is always in a white dress, but still... He just knew the road we were on and knew when I said that. He told me that his friend told him a story about seeing the same lady walking down the street. Anyway, this is the only paranormal story I have, and it still weirds me out. I would like to go see if I could see her again some night. I love you, girls. You got to go back and see, is that lady still there? Yeah, I would have to go back and see, but also uh, I would wear Depends because I might shit myself if I saw her again. So true. Okay, the next one. Hello! Who is that? Um, Miss Doubtfire. That's what they said to do the voice as. Let me start off with the prerequisite, I love you guys. I discovered your podcast when the pandemic first hit, and I was searching for a new podcast that would combine my love for both paranormal and true crime. Fun fact, my family closed on our new house the day the world shut down. Also, Friday the 13th. I'm a mama to two beautiful girls, a military wife, and a nurse that at the time had a 45-minute commute, and listening to you guys made me feel like I was just hanging out with my twisted friends, and it took and still takes my mind off of what I do for a living. I really needed the laughs when everything first started, so thanks for that. Now I'm lucky enough to work five minutes from home and I spend most of my days with the door to my office closed because I figure my coworkers and our patients don't want to hear about murder and dismemberment. Okay, I've rambled enough. Let's get to the nitty gritty. 
Picture it. I'm an 11-year-old girl being moved to a completely new state after spending my whole life in a tiny mountain town in the Adirondack Mountains of New York. We moved right after I finished fifth grade. I swear my family was trying to kill me because they moved me to a state that was so hot and humid it was like walking into Satan's asshole every time I walked outside. Mind you, I grew up where 75 was brutal hot. Anywho, fast forward to Christmas break and my mother has agreed to let my 11-year-old self go back to my little mountain town for a few days to stay with my best friend. She takes me to New York City, puts me on a Greyhound, and sends me on my merry way to Albany. Shout out to being a latchkey kid with a mom that was far too relaxed in regard to my safety. In Albany, my best friend and her dad are supposed to pick me up. The bus driver was super nice because I totally knocked out on the bus ride and he woke me up when we got to Albany. I get off the bus and head to the bus depot. No best friend to be seen. So I wait and wait. Bus depots in the 90s at 10 at night are fucking scary as shit, by the way. And thank God my mom at least taught me fucking situational awareness. Finally, they show up and we head back to our little town. Fast forward to two days later. My best friend's parents are out and it's just me and her. We're hanging out doing all the shit 11-year-old girls in the 90s did. Listen to Backstreet Boys and Hanson, dance around, etc. And then, boom. It's like a switch goes off in my friend and she starts telling me she's going to kill me. And I'm all like, okay, yeah, not funny. Only this bitch picks up a butcher knife. A fucking butcher knife. And she starts chasing me around the damn house. Somehow, her dog sensed that some shit was going down and tried to protect me and this bitch almost stabbed her damn dog. So I lock my baby self into the bathroom with the dog and try to figure out what the fuck to do. Bitch is straight banging on the door. I swear she was throwing herself against it. And then boom, switch turns off again and her fucking here's Johnny ass is back to being fucking normal like nothing happened. So I called the woman that had been my babysitter and second mom when we had lived there and yeeted the fuck out of there. Needless to say, I never went back and I didn't talk to her for nearly 10 years. To this day, I have no idea what happened. All I know is my best friend was probably possessed by a demon. Sorry for how long this was. I've been debating sending this in, but figured fuck it, may as well. Let me know if you ever want to hear about my childhood of growing up in a haunted-as-fuck house, the time my dead great-grandfather woke me up, the time my dead ex-boyfriend saved my life, or all the creepy shit my kids have said or done. Thanks again, and creep on creeping on, Brandy. What the hell? So you never got any answers about why she did that? Oh my god, that's creepy as shit. And let me just say, yes, 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 hell yes to all of those that you teased us with. We want all the stories. I bet your mom was like, what the fuck when you called home to tell her what was going on? Especially because you were so far away from home. Thank God you had somebody you could call. Okay, the next one. Sinister sightings and episode ideas. Hey, Donna and Carrie, I'm always running through my own stories after listening to all of the other great stories in a Sinister Sightings episode, and I finally forced myself to sit down and send you a couple. I have some paranormal stories and some true crime stories, but these are the two that included both. 
They both happened the same summer. It was the summer of 2003, and I had just graduated from high school. I was never into the usual teen vices, so my parents pretty much gave me free reign with my curfew, being to get home before my dad got up for work around 6 a.m. My friends and I were obsessed with the paranormal. We had just discovered the idea of orbs, so we spent a lot of time wandering graveyards and purportedly haunted areas trying to catch them on camera. The main players in both stories, J and D, were the most obsessed and were pretty much always with me for these adventures. One night, probably around midnight, we went to a small cemetery where most of the graves were from the late 1800s. There were probably none newer than 1910. The gates were always open and there was a big U-shaped dirt road that you could drive through the cemetery on. We had two cars of friends that night and I was driving the lead car with J and D in it. D was in the shotgun seat and J was in the back. When we got to the cemetery, I handed J my digital camera and opened my sunroof. He stood up and stuck the upper half of his body out of the sunroof and snapped pictures as we slowly drove through. Our other friends followed behind us in the second car and snapped pictures out their windows. When we exited the cemetery, we were immediately greeted with two cop cars. We dutifully pulled over and Dee was freaking out. She had had encounters with cops before, whereas I had not. I was confused and I told her we would just tell them what we were doing. As the cop was walking up to my window, Dee tried to explain to me that we had been trespassing and that we shouldn't say anything to the cops. The cops got to the window and asked for my license and registration. After looking it over, he leaned down and asked me what we were doing in the cemetery. I took a deep breath and said, well, sir, we were taking pictures of orbs. The cop was a bit taken back and repeated, orbs? Then I very basically explained to him that orbs were little balls of energy that you can find in haunted places. He just kept staring at me. Finally, Jay said to the cop, do you want to see our pictures? The cop's face lit up and he said, yeah. So I motioned for Jay to give me the camera and went through the pictures with the cop and pointed out the biggest and best orbs, probably just dust or light, honestly. His radio cackled at that point and he said to it, all good here. These are some really cool kids. They're just looking for ghost orbs. He let us go with a warning and even explained to me that we could get a permit to ghost hunt in the cemetery at night. He did tell us that he would never be going to that cemetery again. That first encounter with the authorities did nothing to dampen our enthusiasm for ghost hunting. In fact, talking our way out of trouble that night may have been the impetus for both me and JJ eventually becoming lawyers. Dee found out about a local asylum that had been abandoned and was awaiting demolishment. It was set to be torn down near the end of the summer. It was a big attraction for local kids, so eventually they had to hire a night guard to keep people out. Dee snuck in with some of her other friends and came back with fantastical tales of old abandoned toys, the sound of crying kids, and unnatural shadows lurking at the end of the hallways. Of course, we needed to see for ourselves. So once again, we got a group of friends together and headed up there in a couple of cars. We parked across the street on the darker side of the property. We could clearly see where the security guard was stationed near the front. We started across the grass towards the tennis courts and the pool that were on the property. The pool had been drained a long time ago, and there was definitely grass growing on the tennis courts. Suddenly, the security guard's light started bobbing towards us. We all made a dash back to the safety of the road where we could just pretend that we were taking pictures from a distance. But Jay was missing. I was freaking out about losing him and worrying that he had gotten hurt or that the security guard had caught him. We were all arguing in whispers about what to do as the security guard's light bobbed back off towards the front of the property. All of a sudden, Jay came rolling out from under a bush and popped up to his feet. 
He scared the hell out of us, and a couple of people screamed. The security guard's light started bobbing back in our direction, so we'd figured we'd run out of luck for the night, jumped back in the cars, and got out of there. Thank you for the awesome podcast and for giving us a chance to share and hear other stories, too. Amanda. I love that the cop was like, well, yeah, I want to see the pictures. Of course he did. Also, I thought you were going to say, like, right when he saw, like, the biggest orb, his walkie-talkie went off, you know, and I'm like, yeah. Well, I thought that you y'all got pulled over because one time Donna and I got pulled over. It was whenever I had a red Grand Am. And you remember they pulled us over because somebody had robbed a yes. gas station <laughs> with like essentially the same car. And Donna and I had actually just left a gas station. Yes. And they were like, where are you coming from? I was like, the gas station. And he's like, what gas station? And I was like... <laughs> The one right there? It th- so that's where I thought you were going to go. Like, somebody really did commit a crime, and they were like, where have you been? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I had no idea you can get a permit to do stuff in the cemetery at night. Me neither. Also, as an attorney, do you roll your ass all the time at the shit I say? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Right. Okay, the next one. Hey, girls, I'm still catching up on episodes and have already sent in a story about the haunted pottery studio I used to go to. I've always been sensitive to paranormal, but also tend to have ESP as my mom has always joked that she has it too. My mom doesn't believe in the paranormal and never believed us when we told her we saw ghosts in our older house, which was definitely haunted. My mom would say she had ESP, though. She would have bigger shows of it than I do, but mine shows up on more of a daily basis. The craziest one she ever had was when I was around eight. We used to take walks in a cemetery pretty regularly. Her view of the cemetery was that ghosts aren't real, so the scariest thing there was a resident skunk. Our usual walk through the cemetery was to visit my grandpa's side of the family's graves and take care of the flowers, and then walk further into the cemetery to take care of my grandma's side of the family graves. Usually, when we left those graves, we would walk back the same way we walked in. One day, my mom decided to take a different path back than we had ever taken before. We were walking down the path with my mom pushing my brother in the stroller when all of a sudden she stopped, walked off the path toward a specific grave. I called out asking what she was doing because she had stopped without talking and just walked off. She told me the grave she had stopped at was my grandmother's friend's grave. My grandmother died before I was born, and my mom knew her friend passed, but never knew where she was buried. But somehow, she had just walked up to her grave without knowing that she was there. My mom couldn't explain her reaction and just shrugged it off, and we walked home. As I said, she would have bigger shows of ESP, while mine is more just sensing what will happen. I have the odd skill of knowing what people will say. This happens all the time, and it can be a total stranger, and I'll know the exact words on how they will finish sentences. I also have a sense of when I'll find something I was looking for, or know when things will happen. I don't know if ESP makes me more sensitive to the ghost, or if it's the other way around. I'll write soon on my friend's super creepy haunting of her first house. I'm not sure how she lived there so long with that haunting there. Thanks, Joanne. Do you remember when everybody used to be like, I have ESPN instead of ESP? Yes. People still do that. Yeah. I mean, I've done it. I was going to say, I am those people. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes I'll get like little feelings and stuff, but then sometimes it's not right. Yeah. You will know like when your phone's about to ring, like you'll pick it up and then it rings. Yeah. I try to let the slots at the casino talk to me and I'm like, ooh, I got to sit at this one. And then I lose. Yeah. 
<laughs> Same. I'm like, ooh, this one's speaking to me. Uh-huh. Yeah, it says, give me all the money. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, here's a 20 and another one. <laughs> you know what I'm just thinking about? I blame my parents for all the piggy banks that they would buy me because I love putting my money in because it would always be weird shit like the robot thing that would like eat the coins or a slot machine that you would put your money in. But all kinds of stuff. And I just love to put some money into and like do whatever it's going to do because it was like some mechanism to work. But that's where the slot machine happened. And then my parents, you know, loved the casino. Yeah, I never had a piggy bank, but your mom used to tell her slot machine experience like a fucking story. <laughs> She's like, and then I got the bonus. I picked this person and I was trying to reel in that fish. Like, it's a, it's an experience when she would tell her stories and I would be all in and like, what fish did you get? You know? <laughs> I know? So she's why I'm like that. <laughs> okay, the next one. Creepy shit kids in my life have said. I don't know if these are considered paranormal, but they are my favorite weird shit kids say stories. When my youngest was about six months old, my pawpaw died. Once she got up to talking age, she would stare at his framed obituary, which has a tendency to fall over. She never asked what it was. She just stared. One day it fell over and she giggled, turned and looked at me and said, Mama, Papa is funny. Same daughter, a little older. We're sitting in the floor playing with her tea set. She looks up and matter-of-factly says, Mama, do you remember when I was the mama and you were the little? We played tea like this. Same kid, another year older, and her father and I had split. I was dating someone new, and the first time she met him, she said, Mr. Lacey, your dad's in heaven. What happened? My now husband lost his dad when he was 12, and we had never discussed this around her. Next is my nephew. He said, Mama, do you know I have a sister in heaven? She's coming soon. My sister lost a baby almost exactly a year before having him due to a true knot in her cord. My sister said, no, babies take a long time to get here and mama isn't having one right now. He said, mama, I'm serious. She's coming now. This prompted my sister to take a test, which was, of course, positive. Through her pregnancy, she'd asked if he wanted a brother or a sister. His always matter-of-fact answer was, mama, I told you, she's my sister. She's coming as a sister. Well, his sister just turned six. The last one is not something... A kid said exactly just something weird. I lost a baby named Sophia. Years later, my daughter gets pregnant and her girl has matching due dates. We joked about it being Sophia sometimes. She's seven months and knows her name, Maggie, well. So my friend prompted me to call her Sophia to see if she'd actually respond, if at all. So one day when it crossed my mind, I pulled out my phone and simply said, Sophia, her head shot towards my voice as if I had said her actual name. She then gave me this weird grin, almost like a knowing look, and she went back to playing normally. Thanks for the laughs and making housework a little less awful. Creep it real and don't get scared, Chris. Uh, when that baby said, when I was the mama and you were the little? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. But they say that you, like, you pick your people, and we have deals with each other to be in each other's lives, so, like... One day you would be the little and she would be the big and vice versa, you know? Yeah, I totally believe that too. Kids really do say the darndest, weirdest shit. Sometimes creepy as fuck too. <laughs> yes. 
Okay, the next one. Hey, you beautiful creepsters. Love, love, love your show. This story does mention a mental health issue, but it isn't what the story's about. I just wanted to put my disclaimer out there. Strap in or strap on. Here we go. I have a friend named blah, 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 and we were roommates for a few years. So I knew her pretty well. She has bipolar schizophrenia, and I have listened to some wild-ass stories from her. Mostly demons, spiritual warfare, that kind of thing. She was very catholicious. Nothing weird ever happened in my little apartment, but she could get a bit strange sometimes, so I always had my eye on her to keep her from drinking too much. Anyway, her sister lives in a nearby town, and this bitch is rich. She and her hubby own this huge McMansion up in the hills of Los Gatos, complete with an infinity pool, a bocce ball court, a winery, all of it. The house itself gives me the willies. It's too dang big. You're up in a hill, isolated, the house has absolutely no personality, and the furniture was all made for giants. Hate that house. Blah Blah Blah's sister was taking her to France for a few days and asked my Blah 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 to watch the house and their dog. Daddy couldn't do it because, well, it was his time to go golfing somewhere. She, she. My friend conned me into staying with her by making up some pool party we were going to have. Her friends were a no-show. Mm-hmm. Well, being the super paranoid person I am, I checked her sister's list of all the codes for the gates and the four-car garages. My buddy tends to be a bit forgetful and a bit into herself when she drinks and takes meds. P.S. Do not do that. It's time for bed and I check and double check and recheck the doors, alarms, gates. I am super paranoid out there. My friend takes both the cat and the dog and goes upstairs. I have never been upstairs. There's a guest room down a couple of stairs just off the kitchen. Instead of the ginormous couch, I plop my shit there. Plus, it's an ensuite. First impression, who the F decorated this room? There's a large screen up on the wall like a hospital. The queen size bed is pushed right up against the wall. There is one tall boy dresser in the other corner. No photos, paintings, goo nothing personal. Very strange because the room was large. I get the bed made, thanks for helping me, blah, 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 and I go to sleep. I wake up to some weird noises. Is it in the house or outside? It's probably an animal. They call the town Los Gatos because the bobcats and the mountain lions in the area. If I pronounce that wrong, uh, pronouncenames.com was wrong. We Googled. I get up, look outside the sliding glass door, nothing. I go back to bed this time with my body facing towards the wall. And that's when I felt it and smelt it. It was like hot putrid death just blew into my face. My eyes adjusted and I swear just inches from my face was a man lying right up on me on his side, but not touching me. I tried to move, but I was paralyzed. This I will never forget. He grabbed my nipple with two long, scratchy, scaly fingers and squeezed it and said, now let's get this going. The words slimed out of his mouth like slow projectile vomit, all gurgly, nasty, and vile. What the holy hell? I backed off the bed, ran halfway up the stairs, screaming for my friend, figuring at least a dog would come. I look out the stairs windows and what the fuck? All the garage doors were open, 
Oh, hell no. I went through every room until I found my friend, blah, 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 passed out on her night meds, snoring, and the cats curled up on a pillow, head tucked in, and the dog was splayed at the bottom of the bed. And they were all like, huh? And I'm like, grab a baseball bat and a hammer. There is a demon in the bed, and this house was probably robbed. We went downstairs, turned on every light. I made her check out the bathroom with the dog, and she's like, you're overreacting. Yeah, well, what's that all about? As I point outside the kitchen window to all four garage doors. It's getting light, and I am itching to get the fuck out of there. But I wait for the police to come and check it out. In the meantime, she kneels down and asks me to pray for her in that room. She asks if I believe her now about the shit she says that she sees and hears. Mm, Not really, but kind of because like this shit was real. Oh, right. And her sister sold the place two months later for a smaller, more sophisticated place in a neighborhood. Mm hmm. We never said a word about it to the sister. I mean, thanks for reading my scariest experience ever. You gals are great. Creep it real and don't get scared. Love blah, blah, blah from San Jose, California. Have you done a story where something like smells like that? Didn't you do something like that one time? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like the sulfur smell and stuff. That's demons. Well, I knew you said something about <laughs> smell one time. I, you know, I don't love big houses like that either, but it's mostly because I'm scared I'm going to break something or eh, I can't afford anything in this house. So I don't even want to sit down. Yeah. Like my existence is clumsy. So yeah, that's not for me. I mean, she did get on my cousin's bed one time. Like, she just got on it and it broke. (laughs) (laughs) She's not lying. And then one time, uh, the other cousin, like the sibling of that, they got a flat tire. And I was like, I can change it. And I bent her car. (laughs) Like, actually bent the car. Didn't put the jack far back enough. Bent the car. (laughs) I'm just clumsy. I'm not cut out for those kinds of places either. No. Nor am I cut out for that stench. (laughs) but someone could play with my nipple though but not with those fingers and like what they say like are you ready to rumble like what the fuck (laughs) let's get it on Ah, oh the song says (laughs) okay the next one hey gals i'm finally taking time to write out my paranormal ish story i've been listening to your podcast for about a year and i am obsessed with y'all i can't express how much i love y'all's podcast and it brightens my every monday and thursday okay anyway to my story i've struggled with mental health issues since i was a little girl this year i was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and have also struggled with too many mental disorders with these mental disorders comes some unexplainable things I remember the first time I started seeing shadow people when I was 15. I quickly got used to them and saw them almost every day. A few years go by and I have been put on different meds and new therapies and I wasn't seeing them nearly as often, except for one night. I was driving home from work around 12 a.m. because, you know, your girl's got to make that money and I'm driving around 40 miles an hour down a parkway and suddenly about 10 feet in front of my car, a dark figure shows up. Completely caught off guard, I veered my car into the other lane. I looked back and nothing was there. What really gets me now, looking back, is the fact that the figure, just before I switched into another lane, turned around and I caught a glimpse of what looked like my rapist's face. I ended up pulling over just from shock. I'm not sure if it was the shadow people, simply just sleep exhaustion, my trauma projecting itself, or something sinister. 
Let me know what y'all think. Sorry if this is all over the place and absolutely awful spelling. Once again, I love you ladies so much and hope both of you are healthy and safe. Much love. Mary from Kansas City. It sounds like it's like a shadow person taking on your trauma, like taking on the form of to scare you the most. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's scary. Luckily, it was late slash early enough that there weren't a lot of cars on the road. Yes. Let us know if you've seen any more shadow people or if that was just a one-time thing. My natural reaction would have been to veer, too. And it's Mm -hmm. like, even like when you see a deer or something like that, your natural reaction is to jerk away from it. But it's like you shouldn't because you could do more damage. Right. But that, you think it's like a human. So, of course, you're (laughs) going to try to avoid the human. Right. Okay, the last one. Some suspicious shadow person sightings. Hi, all. I know I just submitted a story. It was about me thinking my ex-husband could have been possessed. I think I forgot to sign off with my name. You can call me Ravana, not my real name. By the way, I fangirled when Donna complimented my last painting, which I posted a work in progress picture in last week's Freak Show Friday. Thanks for being so awesome, ladies. So to my story, I've been able to see, hear, feel, and sense spirit since I was little, but I thought I'd talk about my experiences with shadow people. So I think the first time I saw one was when I was in grade school. I was at my grandparents' farm, which was haunted as fuck, but one of these things was not like the others. I was playing in the barn in the hayloft and turned to see a shadow person sitting on an old bed frame with its head in its hands. It looked male. I literally jumped out of the hayloft and luckily didn't break any bones since there was no hay to break my fall. I never played up there again. Then I saw a shadow person in my room. I'd been playing outside and saw it in my window. No one was home. I think I was in high school maybe. But one of the most prominent times, I was dating this alcoholic guitar player who lived in an RV on the lot where he worked. Dude had UFOs which followed him. He had a weird haunted tree by his RV and thought a demon was attached to him. I saw a shadow person there. Once we got drunk and stoned and were laying in the bed. I got up to pee. I saw a shadow person in the living room area. That same night, I saw his doppelganger. I broke up with him after having the doppelganger and shadow person sighting one more time. The last time I saw a shadow person is where I'm living now. I live with my parents, but my dad was gone and my mom had been asleep for hours. I came out to go to the bathroom and when I looked to the living room, I saw a shadow person standing in the middle of the living room. I smudged, spread salt, and blessed the house the next day. I don't think I've seen a shadow person since, but there is definitely at least one more ghost here, and it occasionally makes itself known to me. Neither of my parents have seen anything, but they don't believe in ghosts and are not sensitive. Maybe my oldest is right. Maybe I'm an alien, which would in turn make her an alien. Or, like Carrie, I might be a changeling. Sorry about the extremely long email. Your Oregonian witchy fan, Ravana. Living that changeling life. <laughs> I do not want to see a shadow person. Me neither. I, ooh, me neither. Especially as like an infant, like you were. I am one of those people who, if it's dark and something is where it should not have been, even though I'm the one who left it there, but it's just like, 
a dark mass of clothes. Most recently, it's been a step stool that has like the two steps that go up on it. I left it against the wall and I was like, wait, what is that over there? What is that? What? Oh my God. And then I was like, oh my God. Like literally I had just used it before I went to bed. (laughs) And I'm like, I know what this is, but I was freaked out. I, so I can't even imagine honestly seeing one. What you use the step stool for? So I... <laughs> Why did I know this was going to be a story? <laughs> so I don't know. I was being dramatic and I just like flung the blanket up. It hit the ceiling fan, but not like the blades. It just like hit the... Like the... Cord? Yeah, the cord. My stuff is on like remote control thing, but it started slowing down. And I was like, I done fucked up. But then I was like, oh, I bet it just like tugged the cord, you know, like my Zorro blanket thing. And so I, it's too tall for me. So I had to go get a step stool and click, click it. I knew it was going to be a story. Yeah. You know who was watching me side eye? Marley. Yes. Because I was probably getting up to go get her some freaking food or water. She was like, uh-huh, huff and puff some more, bitch. <laughs> I honestly don't know what I would do if I saw a shadow person other than literally die. Carrie would be like, eh, I don't think it was really a shadow person. It would have like a pop-up video thing, like with a, like, you know how Blake Shelton does his little like finger? To his yeah. head. It'd be like shadow person, me, me. And Carrie's like, meh, it really wasn't. I don't think it was just like my eyelashes because they're like extremely long. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> they call me Snuffleupagus on the street. No one does. You know who calls me Snuffleupagus? The same people that call you Freaky Deaky Donna. No one. <laughs> But seriously, Carrie would be like, no, I don't think it was. Mm -mm." Thank y'all so much for sending all these stories in. As I say, every time we love them, keep them coming. Send them in at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website, click contact us, peruse the shit. You know, maybe hit the merch store, click on Patreon, whatever you want to do while you're there. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.